There are many strange happenings in the wild country of British Columbia, and none more so than the singular event of coming into contact with a Sasquatch. In the indigenous tongue of a native people, the males are known as the Bukwas, and the females are named Sanakwa. The people who seek them out are known as Sasquatch researchers, and the following reports are from the files of one such man, Canada's preeminent Sasquatch researcher and seeker of the truth, Thomas Steenberg. This happened in March 2005. The lady, I'll call her Andrea, what her last name. She, uh, I went to interview her. She has a company uh, in, um, in uh, her own business in uh, Seashell called Hot Tamales, which I always thought was an Italian restaurant or something. Turned out to be an adult store for women. So I went to there, and then all the time, I imagine right now, I'm sure glad Randy never saw me go into this one second. It's the only thing I would say. But on the, on the night of March 8, 2005, she was driving home to Half Moon Bay along the main highway there with her little girl in the back seat. But she saw this thing cross the highway in front of her car, right to left. She said it was huge, and it crossed the highway in about three steps. The thing is, it almost seemed to drop out of sight, like it zipped out of sight. She couldn't figure it out. Across the road and then gone. Like in a flash. Not a flash of light, like it just gone. Couldn't explain it. So she called John Green, called me. I was up there within a couple of days having a look at it. Took the ferry ride all the way up there. And I found out why it seemed to disappear. On the other side of the road, it's like a 10-foot drop. In, into blackberry bushes and stuff, and only a half a kilometer from there is the Pacific Ocean. And just thick trees between the two. So that's why it, this thing didn't even slow down. It just hit across the road, gone. She had always heard stories of the Sasquatch. She had always believed in the creature, but she never, ever thought she'd ever see one. And she said, when you see something like this, it's like seeing for someone to come up and question the existence of the Sasquatch to her, she said, it's like someone trying to argue the existence of gorillas or rhinos. You've seen one, they haven't, but you know what it is. But they haven't seen one. It's incredible. She, she couldn't understand how something so big and so massive would still be basically undiscovered, unconfirmed in British Columbia, Canada. And this spot, she's pointed to where it came out. Now, when I got there a couple of days later, you can still see the trail through the grass where it come out. There were no clear, distinct footprints on this spot, but you could see where something, you could see the trail there, where what she's pointing at, where something, something or someone could come out of the trees and cross the road. And that's called, you see that trail there, where it came through the grass? That's where it came out, across the road, and there's the other side of the road, there's the drop off. And it's like a 10 foot drop there. That's why it seemed to disappear in a flash. It just dropped down into that mess. 
and it disappeared. She never saw it again. She never knew, she didn't think the little girl had seen anything. Because the little girl didn't say anything. Well, a few years later, when we were, me and a couple of colleagues of mine, were being considered to host a show here in Western Canada, which was basically going to be our version of Finding Bigfoot. Show Finding Bigfoot. But it never came on the ground, I got off the ground because we refused to do things like Howl at the Moon and things like that in the dark. Uh, we went there to do a pilot and we talked to her again, but her daughter now is a 13 year old teenager. But a few years after this happened, all her mother remembers is she said, Mom, what was that big monkey we saw a few years ago? And that was the first time she said it. She didn't realize the little girl had seen it. And she called it the big monkey. Now this young lady, Silver Sagan Road, February 8, 2011, She's, she, she, owns, she and her fiance bought a house there. They're renovating, they're redoing the inside. They decided to take a break. It was one of those nice February days like we just had, where the rest of Canada is envious of us. They're freezing in five feet of snow, and we've got beautiful spring-like conditions, and sure enough, they went out for a drive. And on the way back, coming back, five Silver Sagan Road, five kilometers up, they see, she sees this thing moving off the roadside into the trees on the right-hand side. Her fiance was driving, didn't see it at that point. And he drove past the point where, where she said she saw it. And he looked at, they passed the trail, and he saw something further in disappearing at that point. That's him. Now, where they saw it, where she saw it, was disappearing right in behind this tree right here. And she said it was tall. She said it's so thick in there that the size is what really really, really made it stand out. To give you an idea, here's her fiancé standing right here. Now, until I pointed that out, how many of you didn't realize it was a man standing there? See how well you blend in? And this thing took off. He's standing right there. But the creature was on the other side of that large tree. And that's all she saw, was it taken off into the trees that way. And she said it was almost twice as tall as her fiancé is, and he's six feet tall. That was her impression. But he didn't see it at this point. He had to wait till he got a little further on down the road where there's, well, it's basically a walking trail now, but it used to be a logging road at one time. And I guess the creature, when it went off the main road, it went into the trees on an angle because it crossed that trail. He was able to observe it down the trail and before it disappeared. Well, we were there a week later, we found some tracks. This first one right here, there had been a cold snap since, and it all refroze. And you can see this bigger cat here, right at the bottom of it. Here's the track. Just under 13 inches long. They never saw the tracks. We did. There was another one. Can you people see that? All right. And the third one. Now, not clear distinct footprints with nice toes and everything like that, but the fact is they were almost 50 inches long, and they seemed to be walking in a straight, almost, you know, tightrope walk wide. Not too far from where he, they both claim to have seen this thing. Are they tracks? I don't really know. But they could be. 
Rhino Falls Forest Service Road. Anyone know where Mount Cheney is? Yeah. Rhino Falls. Yeah. 2008 was a very busy year. Got a phone call. Well, I, came, I found out about this first case rather roundaboutly. The man and his wife were up Rhino Falls first, Forest Service Road at 2 o'clock in the morning. There's a high viewpoint up there people like to go up to. You can see all the lights of the Fraser Valley down there heading towards, you know, Mission, Abbotsford, and stuff like that. You know, on a clear day, you can almost see all the way to Vancouver. Couples go up there to do what couples do. Guys go up there to take off with their gliders and things like that. They were coming down from there at 2 o'clock in the morning. She was fiddling, his wife was fiddling with CDs or something in the passenger seat. All he remember, she remembers is suddenly he grabbed her by the arm and said, Did you see that guy? She goes, No, what are you talking about? He pulled over. Hold on. He was sort of stunned. And she she started, you know, questioning. What did you see? What did you see? What did you see? He said, he was, he said what, what, was he naked? I said, No, he looked. And she finally, finally said, you say you saw a Sasquatch, and his me replies, no, there's no such thing as a Sasquatch. <laughs> he wants his name kept confidential, so I'll just call him Norm. His wife was named. Yeah. And Norm is the kind of man that didn't want anyone around, or any of his neighbors, or any of his friends, to know that he saw a Sasquatch. So he told Bella, do not tell anybody what happened. Fortune for me, Bella told her friend. <laughs> who told another friend, whose husband used to work at the mill I live at. He knew me and knew what I did. So I got the information. And I called him up. And this was like only like about 24 hours after it happened. And first he said, how the, how the, did you find out? <laughs> So I had to pay careful politics here because I didn't want uh, Bella to get in trouble too much. But, you know, um, we went to interview. I went to his house to interview. I went up to where it happened. He told me the whole story. And the most fascinating thing about this man, and this is the kind of witness I love, his attitude is, I don't know what else it could have been but a Sasquatch. It fit the description of a Sasquatch, but there's no such thing as a Sasquatch, so it could not have been a Sasquatch. That's his attitude. Because he will not. Some people won't even believe their own eyes. That's a fascinating thing about this. They won't even believe their own eyes. Uh, it's just unfortunate that his wife was filling with CDs, because this thing crossed the road in like two steps. As a matter of fact, right over there where you see our vehicle and Bill, no, he's not moving the camera. He's looking at the trail that went through. That's exactly where it happened on this road. You can see where it came up. And there was a trail going straight up the hillside. This is a hill like on a 40-degree angle. I had to climb up sideways, you know. Bill had to climb up sideways holding on the thing, so we didn't tumble. This thing went straight up, across the road, and carried on, plowing through, through the brush on both sides of the road. There's Bill pointing to the trail where it came out. And there's the trail where it disappeared on the other side of the road. Something followed through there. I mean, it's amazing thick bush on both sides of this Forest Service road. You know, something plows through it, it leaves a wake. 
You know, I've seen bear tunnels and stuff where bears go through. This thing plowed right through the whole thing. So either someone or something went through on that spot where he said this occurred. That's Bill pointing to the trail and the tracks. You can see it. Something went through there. Now these two reporters in the Chilliwack Press, they heard of the story. They heard about it, so we had to keep their name confidential. So we took them out there to talk about it, what had happened and the history of the Sasquatch and stuff like that. And uh, they wrote a story in the Chilliwack Press that was entitled, If You Go Into the Woods Today. Well, this young man saw the story. He said, my God, that's the same road I saw something on the following evening. So we called, called him up. And his name was Ryan. And we did an interview with him. And his sighting was only barely one kilometer away from the one I just told you about. But when we interviewed him, we realized he wasn't talking about the following evening. He was talking about just four and a half hours before on June the 18th, 2008. This occurred at 10.30, <coughs> June the 18th, 2008. Midnight rolls around, two in the morning, that's when Norman Belafonte come down the road and see the same thing. Except he saw it going down hill. Now, two sightings of a similar creature, four hours apart, half Barely a kilometer apart, the same forest service road. It's a fair argument that they probably saw the same animal. Can't say that with any 100% certainty, but it's a fair bet that they saw the same animal, assuming that they all aren't just making it up. Now that's his hand. He's standing by this nursing stuff. Now what he saw when he came around, it was well, his headlights looted this thing that had its hands up the stump, took a look at the uncommon car, and he said it was almost comical. It was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. He said the feet going, and it scrambled up the stump and sort of went over it and down the hill. And he said he had his windows on because it was a hot night, and he could hear it crashing through the brush as it went down the hill. Now, i got to tell you, if any man had tried to do what he said this thing did, he probably would have broken a leg or something, please, because that's a steep angle. I don't know what it could have been he saw if it was not a satisfaction. He said it would then sort of scrambled right over the stump and disappeared. All it did was leave this gouge scratch marks. You can see them on the side of the stump. So not like the woman going around it. No, it sort of panicked. And you can see the feet going as it sort of went up and over the stump and down in through the brush on the other side. That's Bill. Bill Miller, colleague of mine, looking right at it. So two sightings four and a half hours apart, same road, within a kilometer of each other. Fair bet. That's two, we got a sighting here by two different witnesses of the same map. At least in my opinion. Now this fellow, called Mark, September 18, 2008. This man is six foot four. He's out bear hunting five kilometers up Ruby Creek for his access service room. All he remembers is looking over his left shoulder and seeing this boulder spiraling through the air coming at him. Missed him. Splashed in the water in the bog right beside the road. Splashed him in the water. He looks, he sees this large hair-covered figure disappearing deeper into the trees. He has no idea what it was. But 
the idea of Sasquatch comes to his head later on. We find out about it. He calls, he gets contact on the on the page of Jerry Matthews site, who contacts Bill Miller, who contacts me. We go out there, we do a search, we do an investigation. I went to his home and interviewed him about the whole incident. Look how thick this area is. This is the road where it happened. This was uh, on the 23rd, a few days afterwards. Same day, it was really thick. Now remember I was talking to earlier, but some about this uh, cut line and this new hydro line going through that park. It's gone right through the middle of this area. Everything you see in these pieces has been flattened out. Yeah. And that's the thick stuff he was going by. This little mark right here. You can't really see it, but there's nothing but water on both sides of the road. It's a big marsh. And trees. And this is where he was passing by when something threw And you see how thick it is for something to be, for him to notice it moving beyond where the trees are. It must have been pretty immense in size. At first, he didn't think it was that big. But when he went in there, we, and he's six foot four, we couldn't see him at all. So we have no idea. So we decided to do a search in the area. That's where the rock land splattered. And it smelled terrible in there. It smells, it's awful. It's decaying vegetation, years of leaves and vegetation rocking on top of each other. It's a, it's a swamp, to put Now we went digging for the rock, pulling out this rock. We pulled out this beautiful rock. It's like a cannonball to so around. It's gorgeous. We looked at him. I said, is this your rock? No, sorry, boys, you got the wrong rock, he says. The thing I got was more elongated, kind of like, you know, and at the end, it tapered down like a football. You know, it was a long rock. You got the wrong rock. I mean, if he was making it up, he gave him out right there. He said, yeah, you found it. Beautiful. No, he didn't. He said, you got the wrong rock. You got to get back in that muck and look some <laughs> We never did find the darn rock. But we did find footprints about five tracks in the area where he, he said he saw this thing run. I don't know if you can see that there. Here are the toes right along here. And it comes down at an angle like that. Now, I got a better picture up here. There, can you see that? The toe marks? Our witness never saw these footprints. We found them. Doing the investigation here, he never saw them. He never knew they were there. We found them. And you gotta remember, these tracks are in bog debris. They're not in mud, they're not in sand. They're in bog debris. Layers of gunk. Garbage, rotting, rotting matter. So there were tracks where this man said he saw a Sasquatch, but he never saw the tracks. See, that's close up to the toes. Can you see those toes? Yeah. And they're kind of spread out too, you know, like they're grouping the ground, which kind of makes sense in the kind of terrain this thing was walking through. Well, that's just a picture of me and Bill Snap as I was coming out with the casting they made of it. You can see how thick it was in that area. All that greenery there now is gone because they've leveled it.
Okay, dear listener, that about wraps it up for now. My name is Jerry Matthews. You can reach me at yellowcoyote at talus.net. Thank you for your interest, and until the next time, keep searching. Keep searching.